We're going to continue this morning looking at our series, Living as Citizens of Heaven. And can I tell you, I don't know of a more fitting and appropriate series to be doing at this current time in this current culture to remind ourselves that this world is not our home. These circumstances are not our permanent circumstances, but there is something better for all of us. I've encouraged you all to put to memory our key verse, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Some of you, I'm sure, have been diligent to do that and are ready for me to call on you this morning and stand up in front of everyone and quote it. So by a show of hands, if you're ready for that this morning, I'll put it up on the screen. So let's just do that. Uh, Let's read our key verse together. I would encourage you to put this verse to memory. I'm using the English Standard Version as we preach from it this morning. But whatever translation you are using, uh, we need to memorize this together in the next few weeks. Read this with me. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20. This is our mantra this month. This is the reminder that we have over and over and over again that this life is not our permanent circumstances. This terrain is not our home. We belong to another land. And so we looked a few weeks ago at what generally that looks like to live as aliens in the world. Last week, we talked about how that impacts our relationships and how we have eternal relationships with Christ and temporary relationships here on earth. And this morning, I want to talk about how our citizenship affects our possessions. We've got to be honest, I spent all week preparing a message only for the circumstances of life to hit and for me to question, is possessions really the appropriate thing to be talking about today? Aren't there so many other things going on that we need to focus on? The the temporary nature of suffering, which is coming in a future week, or the the temporary uh, condition of our panic or our fear or whatever it may be. And I thought the possessions weren't necessarily what was on the forefront of everyone's mind at this moment until I went to Walmart to the toilet paper aisle. (laughs) And I've realized that in moments of crisis possessions become extremely important. I teased someone this morning. I was cleaning my hands with hand sanitizer. By the way, I was ahead of the curve on that. All of you who laughed at me are now coming. And someone asked me, I I left mine at home. Can I have a little bit of yours? I said, sure, 25 cents. (laughs) We get to a point where When everything else is going awry, we start turning to the things that are most important. And in our current culture, actually not in our current culture, worldwide, toilet paper is important right now. But can I tell you, toilet paper just represents possessions because at the next crisis, something else will be important. We find ourselves looking at chaos and saying, I need to get what's mine. I need to be prepared for me. I need to have the things that make me comfortable. And while we can laugh about a toilet paper shortage, we understand that a toilet paper shortage reveals the hearts of humanity, doesn't it? I need to stock up and prepare for me. I need what I need. Now, this morning's message is not about not being prepared. You may, like some in my family, have a basement that doubles as a Walmart. I'm pretty sure I went downstairs to the basement of a family member recently and 
And there was a Walmart greeter there when I walked in because his shelves were so covered with... Maybe you're prepared and ready, and that is okay. But my question is not so much, are you preparing? My question is, what are you preparing for? The things that you're gathering, which may or may not be appropriate to gather, we may laugh or we may not laugh, are they demonstrating how important the possessions are in your life? I'd like to think that at First Baptist Church, we're a church that doesn't care about things. That we're okay to sacrifice things. But I know better, and I understand clearly that even my own heart gravitates towards getting what is important and taking hold of things. So this morning, I want us to set aside all the rest of our preconceived notions. I want us to to humble ourselves for just a minute and, and not pretend like we're above collecting possessions. I want us to stop for just a minute thinking that we are beyond the capability of reaching for the last pack of toilet paper. And I want this morning for us to understand that all of us, every single one of us, has something we value that God wants us to let go of. This morning, our key passage is going to be in Matthew chapter 13. Actually, two short parables that Jesus shares with us. These are analogies that Jesus is comparing the kingdom of heaven to to tell us what the worth of our eternal perspective might be. Read with me in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Then the next verse, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This morning, as we study Matthew chapter 13, I decided to pick a passage less about possessions and more about eternity. Because I'm afraid that we have taught all wrong about possessions. We have focused so much on getting rid of that we forgot to mention what we're grabbing hold of. Certainly there are important passages in Scripture. We read one during the skit that is immensely important that tells us where our treasure is, our heart is. Don't store up for yourself things. These are passages we need to be studying and knowing and, and learning from. But can I tell you this morning, I have a hard time letting go. I don't know if you're like me, but, but I like to have the things that I value close to me. When I was in middle school and high school, Growing up in South Florida, uh, my, my stepdad um, had uh, a gun business. He still does to this day, and he would go to gun shows. And so because of that, he had several different safes in the house where he kept uh, whatever inventory he had. And, um, and so because of that, he, for one of my birthdays, said, I've got an extra safe. It's yours. You get a safe. I didn't keep a ton of guns and stuff in there. I was middle school and high schooler, but I kept all my important baseball cards in there, right? I I had a box in that safe that I had the combination to. Nobody else in the house did. It was kind of exciting. I had a box in that safe. It was an ammo can full of pocket knives that I had bought for all of maybe a dollar each. Locked away in a high high security safe. The values of the contents of that safe may have reached $100, maybe. 
The safe was worth incredibly more than that. But they were mine, and I locked them up because they were important to me. I find myself doing the same thing in my everyday life. The things that are important to me, I want to hold on to, and I refuse to let go. Often they're worthless to everyone else. When I put them in perspective, I realize they're worthless to me, but, but they're mine, and I need them, and I want them. This morning, I, I want to address the question, why is it so hard to let go? Why do we hold on to these things when, when we desire to hold them so close? And why does the Bible tell us to let them go? If they're important to us, why can't we have them? This morning, I want to look at a few truths about possessions, about priorities in possessions, and, and I want to put against them the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth. The kingdom of God and the treasures that await for us there, and the kingdom of earth and the treasures we're holding on to here. And I want to ask why we need to prioritize the kingdom of God over the things of earth. The first principle as you're prioritizing your possessions is this. Prioritize based on value. If you have your bulletin and you're taking notes, you can fill in blanks, or maybe you're writing on scrap paper, but write this down. You need to prioritize based on value. The things that are worth more, you need to hold on to more. All right? Now, back up just a second, because I'm not talking about prioritizing earthly things. I want us to remember we're prioritizing the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of earth. We know full well that we always protect the things that cost more. My father-in-law has several vehicles, two vans that they drive on an everyday basis. He has a, a Mustang that he has purchased that is his baby. And he has an old white Ford Ranger pickup truck that he bought very inexpensive, put some money into it, and, and uh, it's kind of been his pet project. I'm allowed to drive either one of the vans if I need to borrow an extra van. I drive that white Ranger around on a daily basis because it's been convenient for me to use. I have been told that Josiah will drive the Mustang before I do. <laughs> Why is that? Why am I allowed to drive those other ones and not the Mustang? Part of it has to do with our Sunday school conversation this morning and my history of speeding tickets. But most of it has to do with this. That Mustang has immense more value than any of those other vehicles. And if I was in his shoes, I would do the same exact thing. We know this principle. If it's worth more, we protect it more. I collected baseball cards. Guess what? The nickel cards were thrown in a box. The dollar cards were put in sheets and books. The tens or hundreds of dollars cards were put in cases that were screwed together so the card remained flat and could not be touched. The more value it has, the more we protect it and hold on to it. And we know intuitively that that is how it should be. And I'm here to tell you that is how it should be. Now the question is, if we're comparing the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth, the treasures in heaven and the treasures on earth, our priority needs to be based on value. And it's funny to me that we know full well the value of eternity is immensely more than anything we have on earth. And yet we throw it aside. I, I like these two parables that Jesus tells here. He talks first about a man 
who finds a treasure in a field. The field is not his. The treasure is not his. None of it belongs to him, but it is an immense treasure, so much so that he puts it back in the field, buries it or covers it, depending on your translation. He hides it. He conceals it. And then if you read in verse 44, it says, with joy, in his joy, he sells all that he has to buy the field. All of his possessions, all that he did have, he joyfully sold to attain what he didn't have. I think this is a a wonderful picture of how we value or devalue the kingdom of heaven. Because when we understand what great worth eternal relationships with God are, there is nothing on earth worth keeping. It's not that we reluctantly give. It's not that we reluctantly put aside. It's not that we reluctantly abandon. When we know the value of the kingdom of God, in our joy, we throw it all away. That phrase floors me. I know the value of God's kingdom, but I still have no joy in casting it aside, the possessions of earth. I take no joy in relinquishing wonder this morning if we can start evaluating the value of the kingdom of God, how much more valuable it is in eternity than on earth. Secondly, we prioritize based on value, but secondly, we need to prioritize based on authenticity. Based on authenticity. Here's what I mean by that. We need to prioritize the things that are real. Now, Now, this is a concept, again, we know in our everyday life. We talk about this all the time in more muted conversations. We need to focus on the things we know and can hold and are tangible and not worry about the things that are out of our control and that we don't know anything about. And so we, we go through our lives prioritizing things based on things that are real. I love the movie A Beautiful Mind. Have you seen the movie A Beautiful Mind? One of my favorite movies with Russell Crowe. You can go watch it at some point. It's really good. Without giving away too much of the plot, because nobody raised their hand in here. Shame on you, movie watchers. All right? Um, Without giving away too much of the plot, the main character in that movie struggles with what is real and what is not real. And he has to prioritize things he knows mentally that he physically sees and things... He knows mentally are just images or hallucinations. In our spiritual life, we do the same thing, but we flip it backwards. Because to us, in our perspective, what is authentic and what is seen are the things we can put our hands on here and now. These are real, right? And then we go look for the kingdom of God, and we can't put our hands on it. So to us, we read a a statement like this, prioritize based based on authenticity, and we think, what is authentic is what I can touch. Our perspective is so skewed because we are not citizens of earth. Our perspective in the earth around us is this is what is real, when what scripture teaches us is all of this is fading away. But there is one thing that will last forever, one tangible thing. Can I tell you, you cannot touch God now. You cannot even fathom what heaven is like, but there will come a day when you run your hands along the stones of gold on the streets of heaven. There will come a day when you turn that doorknob to the mansion that God has made for you. And in that moment, you're going to look back and go, 
Boy, my whole life on earth feels like a mirage. It's passed away and it's gone. But when we prioritize based on what is authentic, we typically think what I can see and touch now. But can we take for just a moment an eternal perspective and realize the things of this world will not be here eventually. They will not be in reality in heaven with you. You take none of it with you. None of it in the kingdom of God can you put your hands on any longer. So the question really becomes, not so much can I put my hands on it, but what do I value more, the things I put my hands on now or the things I put my hands on for eternity? We so often sacrifice the future for what we can get in this moment. God has encouraged us. All of your possessions are not worth keeping when you know the value and the authenticity of the things of the kingdom of heaven. Finally, our third truth, and all of these are common sense. We just look at them backwards. We prioritize based on value, based on authenticity, what we can touch. And finally, prioritize based on pleasure. Yes, this is not a mistake in your notes. Prioritize based on pleasure. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is a podcast called Ask Pastor John. There's a man named John Piper. He's a a retired preacher. He's written a ton of books and and has a a ton of resources out there and just has good God-honoring answers to difficult questions. One of the things he's most famous for is being a modern-day proponent of what he calls Christian hedonism. Now, if you know what hedonism is, it doesn't have the best connotation in our society. Hedonism is find the most pleasure you can. Secular hedonism, which is what normally uh, we we would look after, is this idea of I'm only going to live once, and so I'm going to get all that I can get, right? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. This is the theme of Christian hedonism. Get, 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 because pleasure is all that matters. And one of the things that John Piper has famously written extensively about is what he calls Christian hedonism. And that is this thought. God's desire for your eternity is for your pleasure because it brings him glory. But that requires a sacrifice now for the eternal pleasure later. All throughout Scripture, we find God promising blessing. I want to bless those. I want to give abundantly. I want to give you beyond what you can imagine. And we look at our life here and now and say, where is that God? And we have a tendency to write those passages off and pretend like God's desire is not to bless us, that those are just taken out of context. I'm here to tell you, the Word of God does not lie when it says God's desire is for your blessing. The question is, when will you be blessed? God's desire is for your eternal pleasure in heaven, with Him, bringing Him glory and honor. The phrase that is repeated in Piper's works often is, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. When we find all of our pleasure not in the here and the now, but in the God of eternity. Can I tell you, there are some things you can really enjoy on earth. Read the the parable of the prodigal son. And think of all the pleasures that he must have had as he was running away. There's just a few verses in there. It doesn't really tell the details of what he did. But I think it'd be wise if we would expand and imagine for just a minute the fun you could have with a great amount of wealth in a short amount of time. Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you hang out with? Think about the food you would eat. Oh, that's something fun to think about. 
Think about the Kentucky basketball games you would attend, right? Just one amen from there. Think about, think about all the pleasure you could seek. For some of you, that's God-honoring pleasure. It's not sinful pleasure. For some of you, quite honestly, you go, you know, I could spend that money and, and I could use it for my own pleasure above what God wants for my life. And think about the fun that would be. Truth is, there's a lot of pleasure we can seek here on earth, and, and it is good. It makes us happy. It pleases us. A lot of them are God's gifts to us. Food is God's gift to you. We talked last week, relationships are God's gift to you. There are so many things that we could seek that are great, but we forget that the kingdom of heaven is like that treasure that is so much greater than the pleasures we seek here on earth. Can I tell you, the greatest feeling you've ever felt in your life here on earth will feel like pain compared to the pleasure of eternity, of just sitting next to Jesus. We should prioritize based on pleasure. We should understand that God wants a blessing for us. That blessing is not meant for us in the here and now. Let's sell it all. Let's find that pearl worth more than the pearls we've been looking at. Let's get rid of everything in our lives, cast it aside for the sake of the kingdom of God. So we wrap up an application this morning on on what it means to live as citizens of heaven when it comes to our possessions. We find very few places in Scripture, actually zero in Scripture, that command that you literally, you, sitting in the pew this morning or watching online this morning, literally sell everything you own. We find a few instances where God or Jesus commands a specific person to do that, but there is no blanket command. So the the command this morning is not... uh, Let's all just write a check to the church this morning for whatever is in our checking account right now and call it a day. That's not what God is telling you to do. But I think, I think that God's word would tell us to prioritize. What we'll find is when we understand the value of the kingdom of heaven, we will give more. I don't just mean to the church, I mean to people. But we'll hold on less. When we start understanding that God's kingdom is significantly, infinitely greater than our kingdom, all of a sudden the things that we're holding on to won't matter as much. This morning I wonder what our priorities have been when it comes to our possessions, our things, knowing full well that that we want to, to protect what we value, that we want to hold on to the things that we can touch, and that we seek after the things that bring us the greatest pleasure. I wonder this morning if we can understand that the kingdom of heaven not only is immensely more valuable but will be more real than anything you've experienced on earth and will bring you more pleasure than we can even fathom. I wonder if in that instance if we'd be willing to lay down what we have, sell all that we have with great joy to pursue God's will for our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I confess to you that I hold on so often to tangible things in the here and the now. Forgive me, God. Lord, I I realize this morning you've blessed us with possessions. And Lord, we see all through Scripture how we give you glory and honor for for giving us finances or things. But Lord, we recognize they're not ours. They're not permanent. They're temporary and they have such less value than our eternal commitment to you. Father, this morning we say the words and prayerfully mean them.
that if you call us to sell anything, we will. Lord, for some right here that's convicting their hearts because they've had an idol in their lives and you're whispering to them, you don't need that. You've put that before me. For others, it's about prioritizing our everyday lives and it's, it's about just managing our own resources in a way that's God-honoring. Lord, as you convict our hearts, would you show us your salvation through Jesus Christ? Show us that kingdom of heaven. Let us joyfully throw everything aside and pursue you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.